tell you where I'm going this morning, and a lot of what I'm going to do is just talk to you. I really desired, and I've been praying for a couple of weeks about the Lord's direction on the very first Sunday of the year. Lord, do I, do I cast vision? Do I begin to share about how we're going to change some things on Wednesday night and do more elective classes? Do I talk about volunteers and some things we're going to develop for the new year? And I, I considered all that. And, or do I just give you a good rah-rah pep talk going into 2022 where we spend half our time just shouting the walls down? I thought, Lord, that, that may, may be a good thing. But as I prayed, and it was when I woke up, I believe, third, this past Thursday morning, Wednesday morning. How many know that time between Christmas and New Year? You don't know what day it is. Yeah. I, I woke up a few times. And I'm like, is it Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Saturday? I don't even know. But we had a good time of rest. We had a good time of family visiting. But I woke up. And I felt like the Holy Spirit, because of some things that have happened in my life the last couple of weeks, three weeks, and then just kind of pondering those and thinking, how many understand when you, when God's, when you, something happens a few times, you begin to say, God, what are you saying to me in this? I would love to just hear his voice. And I want to tell you something for this new year, what the Lord's speaking to me, is if you'll be obedient, if you're willing and obedient you will hear the voice of God in this coming year like you've never heard it before. But it's not going to be 50% obedience. God is not a 50-50 God. He's a 100% sold out, completely with your life laid down to Him as the type of God He is. And if you will commit to that here at the beginning of the year. And listen, I am not a big believer in New Year's resolutions. I think they're good. Goals are good. I want to tell you something else this morning. Just because the calendar flipped on January 1st to a new year, God doesn't keep calendars in heaven. If you want to understand something about life this morning, God is a God of seasons. He's not a God of calendars. It's why some of you have been having the same year since 2016 is because what God meant to be a season, you have gotten stuck in a cycle And your cycle has never, you've never broken through the season that you're in, right? So there's four seasons, right? At least if you live in another part of the country. In Florida, it's just hot, kind of hot, rainy hot, sticky hot. But in other parts of the country, which I know many of you have lived in, we have what? We have spring, summer, winter, and come on, y'all. I've been gone a week, and I, have we lost? Spring, summer, winter, and thank you, thank you. But he's a God of seasons. And when I woke up, I believe Thursday morning, and I'm almost sure it was, the Lord spoke a word to me. And I want you to really give me your best attention today because I believe what I'm about to teach on has the capability, if you'll apply it this coming year, to break you through to a new season. And it's this word. Everybody say transitions. When we fail to transition from one season to the next, what happens is you get stuck in an old season. And God said to us that he would take us from faith to faith and glory to glory. I do not know what 2022 has in store for myself, my family, this church, or you. The reason I don't make New Year's resolutions, and the main reason after four years here, this is my fourth First Sunday of the year that I've been preaching to this church, I don't get cute with the, you know, 2020 vision in 2012. I heard so many sermons and saw so many sermons, 2020 vision, and then two months later we weren't even having church. Come on. Somebody was missing God. So if you know anything about me, I am very judicious and very careful when I say, thus saith the Lord. Very. Because at that point you're stepping into a new realm, and you better make sure you hit it on the head. I was in one service one time as a mission service, and it was, wasn't it picking up sticks in 2006? <laughs> and that dude got there and was walking on the communion table, and it was Leah's uncle that was a pastor of the church. And he stepped out on that communi- communion table and was hitting his heel. It was brand new. They had saved up for a year to buy this new communion. You should have seen the look on that man's face. I thought he was going to tackle him off of the... said, you better pick your shoes up off that communion table and get back on the pulpit because you're about to get hurt in this place. So I don't get cute with my New Year's uh, sermons necessarily, but I do have a word for you today, and again, it's called transitions. Everybody say transitions. Because I don't know what this year holds for all of us collectively and individually. And there are transitions individually, 
and there are transitions that we go through as a whole. I mean, you look at, look at growing up, you know, we're born and our transitions begin very early in life because what do we do? We first roll over, right? And the interesting thing about that is everybody's clapping and cheering, right? You sit up and everybody's like, yeah, you sit up. You begin to walk as a baby and listen, the masses cheer, right? Because everybody can walk. But what I've learned, something interesting about transitions in life is the further you go in your transitions, the less people that are cheering you on. The less people that, and God designed our transitions. I don't, I don't want to lay anything heavy on you today, but I want to talk real to you. God has designed our transitions to actually get progressively more difficult in life, and there will be less people cheering you on through those transitions. But here's what I've learned as a pastor for all these years of doing it and being in ministry, is there are some people that go through transitions very well, and there are some people that go through transitions and they don't do them very well. And it makes or breaks them spiritually. It makes or breaks them spiritually. I, any transition that you go through, we understand when you enter into the transition, there's a process of the transition. And usually when you enter into a transition, because we all go through them. We go through them individually. We go through them corporately. I mean, we're all affected by the weather. We're all affected by uh, national leadership that gets elected and all those things, you may be affected at your job because it changed ownership, so everybody at that job site is affected. So there are things we go through individually and things we go through corporately. But transitions, here's the thing. I know that you'll go through transitions in 2022. That's what I can promise you today and say, thus saith the Lord. Everybody in here, will, this church will go through transitions. If you walked in, you hadn't been here in a while, we don't have pews anymore. We have chairs. There's transitions that we go through, and really, truly, what will make or break us spiritually is how we walk through those transitions. Because when you go into a transition, it's like anything in life. You have fear. You have anxiety. You have sadness. When there's a transition, those things begin to happen. I recently experienced this just uh, last week. It was actually a week ago today, late in the evening. We went out. It was warm enough in Louisiana to go boat riding. I'm sure it was the same way here. It was 82 degrees, so our nephew said, hey, we haven't been able to go on the river in a while. Let's take the boat down. And they, uh, got, he, he had this surfboard, it, it's small surfboard. It didn't even have anything to put your feet in. And what you had to do was get the rope and put your feet up on it and let it pull you up on it, and you were basically just standing on this little thin board. The transition that I experienced that day that made me sad is that they kept saying, come on, Jason. Come on, Jason. And, man, that's something that the 38-year-old Jason would have been, come on, somebody. I'm in the water. 48-year-old Jason experienced a small transition that day of saying to myself, what am I going to feel like tomorrow when I wake up? If I get out there in 42-degree water or whatever it was, I don't think it was quite that cold. They had wetsuits on. If I get out in that water, so my transition that day was simply this, was there's some things that I can't do that I really want to do. So they brought a little level. It was a small transition, but my point this morning is this, is God is not a God that works by a calendar, but he is a God who I promise you works by seasons. And if you begin to discern and understand what season that you're in, the Bible says this, there is seed, time, harvest, time. So the season you're in is meant for you to be sowing faithfulness and obedience in the things that you desire so that when you come into the new season, you have learned and grown in faith, you have learned and gone from glory to a new glory, and you exit the season that you're in with fresh faith and fresh fire. But again, I see people getting stuck in a place. They get stuck in the transition, everybody say transition again. The other thing was, and it was a commercial, it was probably only 30 seconds, but I was watching TV, and uh, there was a commercial, and these, I don't even know what it was for, I think the sound was all the way down, but it was a, has anybody ever seen a track race that's four by 100 meters? A four by 100 meters is there's four people that are running 100 meters around the track, and here's what happens is, you get the first person to start off, and what they're holding is a baton. And the baton is advanced forward as fast as you can. 
And what I, what I, when I was watching it, the Lord said, kind of, the Holy Spirit just kind of quickened me and said, watch this closely. And as they're running, the person ahead is running full speed, and there's a, there's a moment when they take the baton and they hand it off. And what that is called, I looked it up, is it's called the changeover box. It's 20 meters of the race to where this person has to transition the baton from their hand into the hand of the person running in front of them. And the Holy Spirit's point was simple to me that day, is he began to point out to me, and I want to point out to you today, is most of the time where we get shipwrecked, where we get off, where we get our eyes off of Jesus, is in that transition box or that changeover box, at that moment when we're in a place of transition and we don't get what God is having for us. So here's what happens. <laughs> and he showed me this. As you're running, some of you have been running around the same track over and over. You've got, you, you have footprints worn in that thing, y'all. Where God wanted a transition time to take you to a new season. And you missed it. I got good news for you today. Even if you missed it, God will bring you back around. God is a faithful God. I want to tell you something. I don't know what 2022 holds, but I do know Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope, and to give you a future this morning. And God has that for you, but it doesn't just happen. Most of the time, we have to make a decision to transition out of the place that you're in into a place God has for you. This year is going to have transitions. This year is going to have its share, I promise you this, it's going to have its share of challenges. Every year does. But can I tell you, it's going to have its victories too. Look, when Moses was standing there at the Red Sea, and the Red Sea is here, and Pharaoh's army is barreling down on the other side, I can't imagine being in his shoes because everybody's screaming at him saying, why in the world did you bring us out here? And he probably thought, why did I bring us out here? You know, we want a miracle and we celebrate miracles, but we don't want to be put in the place to need a miracle. And I want to tell you, the transitions this year may be you uh, from a divorce into the, the, the path God has for you ahead. It, from a one job and transition into a new job. It may be transitioning of an empty nest. It may be transitioning into retirement. It may be transitioning into Bible school. It may be transitioning into a ministry place that God has for you. God has transition ahead, and how you handle that will make or break you because when you're running a race, and the scripture we're getting ready to read, and we watched a video this morning before we ever worshiped, when you're running a race, the most important element of the race is not to get distracted. And the Lord just simply spoke to me, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Leaving one year and heading into a new year, the most important thing you can leave here today is to refocus your eyes on Jesus Christ. Is to refocus on him, Alex. Is to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Some of you have been stuck in chapter 1 as God is writing out your story. And I want to declare to you in 2022, you're going to go to chapter 3, and then you're going to go to chapter 4, and then you're going to go to chapter 5. And there will be more chapters written of God's faithfulness and goodness and glory in 2022 than what you've written in the last several years if you leave this place and enter into the next. That's what every transition has. It has an exit. It has a dying process. And then can I tell you something? Our God is a God of new birth. He is a God of resurrection. He is a God of power. And just because it became 2022 didn't mean all the problems are solved. It just flipped over. But here's what I can discern in my life and I can teach you to discern in your life is what season am I in, Lord? What, what season do you have me in? Do you have me in a season of obedience and sowing into something? Do you have, do you have me in a season where you're, you're wanting me to reap something that I've sowed before? How many know you can't get away from the law of sowing and reaping? So very important in our lives to understand that. So everybody say transition this morning. Very important. So let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 1. Are you with me so far this morning? I just want to talk to you. 
But I want to talk to you now about the importance of not getting distracted. Distraction, everybody say distraction, distraction. is dangerous. I'm going to tell you a story here in a minute that will illustrate my point. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let me make a side point right there. Surround yourself with people that are cheering you on in 2022. I get enough people that aren't cheering me on. Surround yourself with people that want to cheer you on and want to get and see the best for you. Amen. Let us throw off, that that word literally means to rise up and to cast off and to put off. So there's an action word there. It's an action of throwing off this, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You can't run somebody else's race, but you can run the race that God has marked out for you. Boy, that's a word right there. I wouldn't even plan on saying this, but I need to tell somebody here this morning, you can't run your kid's race. You can't run your grandparents' race. You can't run your mom and dad's race. You can't, we can't run the race that another church has been set out to accomplish and to do in this community. We have a race set before Christian Center Church, and you have a race set before you individually and as a family. Find out where the race is marked out for you. And can I tell you something? The transitions and the handoffs of the baton from one stage and one place of glory to the next place of glory to faith, to faith, to faith will be smooth, and it will be your race. Everybody say, my race. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Father, today we just give you all the honor and all the glory, and we ask, Lord, that today you would help your words sink deep into our hearts, God that you would change us from glory to glory and faith to faith, that you would help us, God, transition from the season we're in to the season that we're heading towards, Lord. We know you're faithful and that you will do it. Lord, let my words come and be anointed and whatever set of Jason fall by the wayside, but Holy Spirit, I ask for your help now to bring your anointing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, number one, and I realized as I was finishing my notes early this morning, I never got past number one. That's why I say I don't have a three-point sermon and I don't have a rah-rah word to give you today. I've got some real meat that I hope you'll take to heart for 2022, and it's this. If we are going to transition into the season God has for us, we must first deal with sin, weight, and distractions. I think I meant to break all this down individually, but I got so kind of caught up in distractions. Everybody say distractions. How many know the day and age we live in, it's easy to get distracted? I mean, y'all, we just, most of us walk around, including myself, and this is where the Holy Spirit's pointing me, so I believe he's pointing this church, is if we want to see 2022 be different than the year, or 21, or even the year before, you've got to refocus yourself. You have to spiritually and mentally say, God, I, I need to refocus back on what's most important. Can I tell you what's most important in my life, and it should be in the life of this church and you individually? The Word of God. Prayer. Got prayer meeting at 9, 9.30 every morning upstairs. Got prayer meeting at 6.30 tomorrow night. One thing that I'm dedicated to do in this new year, and I've been dedicated since I got here, is to pray for souls to be birthed into the kingdom of God. The Word of God, prayer, putting the Lord first, all those kind of things. But can I tell you, most of us walk around in a very foggy, buzzy brain. We're living in a time of unprecedented distractions. And we get so caught up as Christians in, you know, the blood moons and the third book of Revelation and just the fire. I'm not saying that stuff's not important. I'm saying that we can get, that is not the subtle attack of the enemy that's happening to the people of God. I'll tell you something else. It's good for me to go away because God begin. I get, I get alone. <laughs> I get to pondering. And Lord, I didn't ask him if this was just me personally or if it was meant to share. <laughs> Another thing that the Lord told me 
is hit singles this year. And I said, hit singles. And I, yeah. He said, Jason, it's not going to be the home run moments in your life this year. It's going to be the committed, steady, one foot in front of the other for this coming year. But, you know, you can't run a race and you can't hit a baseball unless you're focused on what's going on in front of you. It's the distraction. And listen to me. Distractions can not only be unhelpful at times, distraction can be downright dangerous to our spiritual lives. The, 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 the enemy is told in Genesis that he is the most subtle beast of the field. It's the subtle little things. It's the little foxes that will destroy the vine of your spirituality. And your 22 will be just like 21 and 20 and 19 unless you fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Distractions can be dangerous. Can I give you an illustration? Without you guys thinking I'm just the most horrible person in the world? I had an accident in my truck two weeks ago. Most of you know that because you guys talk a lot. <laughs> I only told like three people. Of course, some of you all just saw me pull back. I was on my way from to, to the Christmas play, and I was in a bit of a hurry. I was running a little bit late. We had to get the light out for the, you know, get some things set up and to do. I stopped to get gas. I was almost out. And instead of going back out on 19 because there was cars going left, how many know if cars are going left on 19, you find another way? Because nobody ever gets to go left on 19. So I went the back way. And my phone fell off. I had it up on my console. It fell off. And I was only driving 25, 30 miles per hour. And I leaned over, took my eyes off the road for two or three seconds. When I came back up, y'all get this. I hit a bathroom sink. <laughs> I took my car into the auto body shop. And the guy walked out. I said, I got one for you. You've never had it. He said, I've been doing this a long time. I said, I got one for you. You haven't had he said, I've been doing this a long time. We walked to the front of my truck. I said, I hit a, a bathroom sink. He said, I've never seen that. <laughs> they put it out by their trash can. And can I, can I tell you something this morning? It was 100% my fault. Why? Because I got distracted. The reason that I know I'm on the right track this morning of focusing us in this new year on the Lord, on his word, on prayer, on the things, the, the simple hits. It's not necessarily going to be the big thing that you're thinking is going to happen this coming year. If I can tell you this morning anything, be consistent in your walk with God, and you will make it so far this coming year, you'll get to the end and be amazed at what God has done. Consistency. I knew God was speaking to me because I get a, is it okay if I share this? All right. You can better ask your wife before you. I get a call from Leah. I'm in my office studying yesterday, and I can tell how many of you gotten calls from your kids or your wife and you can tell something's wrong? So I'm like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? Jason, I got pulled over. <laughs> She's on her way back. Here's the kicker. I said, Leah, you were listening to worship music. You were listening to ACDC or country or something revved up. You were li- I know I got so caught up, I got distracted by worshiping. <laughs> That she was doing 86 in a 70. I'm like, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart right now. This has to be you over these last few weeks of you pointing out the danger of being distracted. Because they're really, when you're, when, when we're supposed to be running the race marked out for us and we keep our eyes on Jesus. You're running the race the way God, you stay in your lane. When you get out of your lane, you get disqualified. And there are disqualified. Paul said, Paul said very clearly in his word, I want to run my race in a way that I myself, Paul, the road two-thirds of the New Testament, doesn't get disqualified. If Paul could have gotten disqualified, how much more could we get disqualified? This is not a time to be worried about all the other things going on. It's a time to focus on your relationship with Jesus and focus on Him and your family and your loved ones because there is a real danger in this season. I mean, we know this. We get so much stuff in our heads that we can't even focus on what God's doing right in front of us. 
Is this not true? When you were, you, you folks in here that are my age and older, you probably had 40 phone numbers in your head at one time. Can I? I can't tell you two this morning. Because we, listen, the culture that we're living in is vying for your attention with entertainment, vying your, for your attention with busyness. Lord, if I've learned anything from the Holy Spirit the last four and a half years of pastoring, it's when to disconnect myself from the busyness of ministry. Because if I'm not connected into him, I'm not going to do you any good anyway. As a parent this morning, if you're not connected into him, you're not going to do your family any good. Can I tell you on your job site, if you're not connected into him, you're not going to be able to win people. God didn't put you on the job that you're at presently. Some of you have thought you've been in a season where God's punishing you at your job. He's not punishing you. He has you where he has you to reach people. Focus on that, and it'll change your whole attitude about your job. Am I right? There's a very real danger and a very real, a very real sense in my heart that we simply need to hit singles, and we need to focus on Jesus. Amen? Distraction can be at best harmful and at worst deadly. We have got to learn how to refocus ourselves on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Dangerous distraction, you say, what's a dangerous distraction? A dangerous distraction is one that shifts our attention from something of greater value and interest to something of lesser lesser interest or value or importance. Can I ask you something this morning? What has your attention? What has your attention? I've told this story before, but it's too good not to tell the rest of you. You haven't been here in a while. Or maybe just joined us today. Anybody in here wear glasses? Yeah, wow, y'all. <laughs> Let's do that again. Anybody in here wear glasses? Lord, y'all blind. Who, who doesn't wear glasses or, or contacts? Damn, four of you. Praise God. We're going to get you guys to lay hands on the rest of us. Because my eyesight is, is pretty... Did you raise your hand, Alex? Do you wear glasses? Yeah, wow. I notice it's everybody under 30, so praise God for that. But I went to the doctor one time, and uh, they were checking my eyes. Got through the whole process, and you know how you go in, you do all the pre-stuff, and then you get in with the doctor. And I sat down in the chair that day, and I'm looking at the eye chart, and he says, okay, go ahead and read. Let's see how far down you can get. And I read from the top all the way down to 2020 at the bottom. He picked up my chart and looked at it and was like, looked back at me. He said, your eyesight's perfect. And, man, I almost, I started to get up and do a Pentecostal jig. <laughs> look what the Lord has done. Hey, 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 look what the Lord has done. Hey. And right as I was getting up out of my seat, he goes, did you take your contacts out? <laughs> And I said, oh, I was supposed to take my car. Why didn't your assistant tell me to do that? Here's my point. Here's my point. These are your glasses. This right here, this precious word of God that God, and so many have gone on before. There's been people that have been burned at the stake to bring you this. And we leave them lay on our mantle. I have I have dozen, probably twelve Bibles in my house, in my office, different translations, and it just collects dust. If you don't treat this as precious and use it to correct your vision in 2022, you're going to get so distracted by all the cares and the worries of life. Isn't that what Jesus taught in the parable of the seed? He said the seed is the seed falls on good soil. I'm looking at some good soil here this morning. I'm telling you, every, almost everybody here, I know you very well. You've been coming here. I've been here for a while. You've been coming here a long time. You're good soil, but some of you have asked the question, why I wore myself out doing my little dance. My New Year's resolution is getting better shape, y'all. Whoo, Lord. Whoo. Whoo. Leah's on me. Nutrisystem, right? We looked it up, didn't we? (laughs) I got the email this morning, 50% off. I'm like, Lord, I'm doing it. 
Lord, I lost my train of thought. Soil, thank you. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich, you listen, and I appreciate that about you. The rest of you are like, I don't know what you've been saying for 20 minutes. Jesus said the soil was good. The soil of your 2020 may have been good. And it says when the, when the word goes in, it begins to sprout up. And the deceitfulness of riches and the cares, literally some, you'll go find one of your 12 Bibles and look up that passage, and the cares is translated as distractions. The cares and the distractions of life sprout up, and it chokes out what God is actually doing in somebody's life. Just being distracted. How many know, I've used this illustration before, but when I came home from my trip, it evidently has been hot and muggy because the weeds that were gone when I left are back. You guys know my battle with weeds. I, I, I just, it's like, here they are again. Do you understand in life, this is the principle in life. Let me teach you the life principle. God's a God of seasons. And the principle of life is that we live in a fallen world. And the tendency is towards the weed. The tendency of this fallen world is not to an orderly, disciplined life in God. So what do we have to do? We have to refocus on Jesus, and we have to commit ourselves to the word of God to change our view of what's going on around us so that we can transition from the season we're in to the season that God wants us. Now, can I help some of you all this morning, especially younger, who have young families? I've got two teenagers. Some of you have young families, and this is something the Lord taught me a couple years ago. Because especially as a pastor, I'd get down on myself because many times I don't have time to be a really great husband and a really great pastor and a really great father and a really great brother and a really great neighbor. I'd read the word and say, I'm supposed to be a good neighbor. I'm going to talk to my neighbor. And my wife's neglected. I'm going to be a really great pastor, so anybody that sneezes, I'm going to run to their bedside. You, you hear me? And then my kids are going crazy. Are you listening to me? And really, the key of life, church, in the seasons that you're in, is allowing... That's why I say that I feel like that if you'll commit yourself to freshly pursuing Jesus, you will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit like you've never heard before. That is the key. Because when Jesus looks at Martha and he says to Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the best thing in that moment. Are you following me? So all those things that I could list that I am, I'm a citizen of this country, <clears throat> I'm a pastor, I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a brother, I'm a husband. Here's what I've learned. There's some days when I'm really good at one and there's some days I'm not so good at the other because I can't do all those things perfectly every single day. And the Holy Spirit just released me from it and spoke to me two years ago and said, Jason, just like I told Martha, in that moment the best place was at my feet didn't mean that in another moment there wasn't time to get up and to do the work. Right? So here's the thing that I've learned, that if I take time away from this to attend to my relationship with my wife and focus on it, as long as I don't consistently left, let other areas in my life go, I'm going to remain good in all those areas. And I don't want to tell you today, because this is what the Holy Spirit's speaking to us, that you have to be the best at any of those things but the Holy Spirit can make you faithful in those things. And when you're faithful in what God's telling you to do, there's fruit from it. And you're keeping the garden of your marriage weeded. How many understand, if you neglect your marriage, you're going to be in a whole heap of trouble. I could be the best pastor in Citrus County. But if that woman over there and I walk in and she says, yeah, you preach it, but you don't live it. I'm a failure in God's eyes. You say, Pastor, where's that in the Bible? I'll tell you where it is in the Bible. I pastored young adults. You were, I was gone before you came up in the young adults, Alex. This is a young man from my church that's in Bible school down in Tampa. He's going to be in the ministry. I thank God he didn't quit calling when he called me. We're very pleased to have him here today. But I, told, I would tell him, I'm like, guys, you're single. You say, where is this in the Bible? Paul clearly said, if you remain unmarried, 
then you have more time to dedicate to Jesus. And look, I would tell them that. I'm like, guys, value this season. Are you, are you tracking with me? Value this season in your life because you have the time to just dedicate to the Lord. Paul understood this because he said, if you get married, your attention is going to be divided. It wasn't anything sinful or wrong about it. It's just a fact of life that the longer you go in life, the more transitions that you have. And the problem with our transitions is the further you go in life, you don't have anybody to show you how to do it. When you're a baby, everybody's trying to teach you how to walk. Grandma wants to see the first step, and the cousins want to see the first. Come on, come on, come on. Yay! <laughs> then you get 48 and can't jet ski. <laughs> and wasn't nobody cheering me on. I realized, I looked around, and I said, I'm the oldest person in this boat. Some of you got offended in my comment on Facebook. That was, I was talking about myself. I said, when I was young, I saw people in their 40s as old. I said, I'm now in my 40s, I see people in their 40s as old. It was me. Because I can't do things that I used to do. But listen to me. When one season is over, God has a new season for you. And the new season is always going to be better and sweeter and more awesome. Can I tell you in 2022, some of you have been in the battlefield and you have fought tooth and nail to make it through the last two years. Can I tell you, God's best is yet ahead, but you've got to transition and keep your eyes focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher. I thank God he's the author and he's the finisher of my faith. But what's our part? Our part is allowing him to transition. Our part is when you're in the changeover box, when you're in that place where things are transitioning, listen, that is when the most focus and the most discipline needs to come into your life. It is. Is when you're in that place where something's being handed off. I said it already this morning, but my desire over the next years that I'm here is that we hand off a solid, Jesus-loving, community-serving people of God can hand it off to these next generation. When I am in here and I'm watching these kids that we just spent the Christmas time with, you know, my wife and the other teachers and ladies who have been teaching them, and I see a four-year-old get up and say, Jesus, I just love you so much. I'm like, God, we're doing something right. You want to talk about good fruit? It's right there. Because we are bringing up the next generation. We're bringing up the generation that's upstairs. And look, I don't look by what I see. I'm looking at the future with eyes of faith. I'm looking at this church with eyes of faith. I've said for four and a half years, the best is yet to come. And some of you are like, hey, when's it going to happen? Can I tell you, look around you. Because you're not sitting in a home run church this morning. We don't have the fanciest smoke machine and the lights and all the accoutrements that come with a lot of churches. But this church has got some faithful, single people. Alex is like, you got single people? Where are they? No, I mean, I'm like, baseball analogy, Alex, baseball. People who show up to prayer, people who show up and lead, people who show up and greet, people who show up and serve our kids that we're talking about. This is, a, this is a faithful church. I just want to bring your attention this morning to this, is that if we can refocus ourselves heading into the new year, this isn't a rah-rah thing. This is, here's what I'm telling you. This is going to take a choice. You were created with a free will. And some of you have had the same year over and over and over. It's like that movie Groundhog Day. It's like, God, I don't understand why nothing's changing in my life. Because you're not sowing the faithfulness that God is calling you to sow. And the weight. It says the sin, the weight, and the cares, the distractions. And then it goes on to talk about the rest. And for the joy set before him. Can I tell you something else from that scripture that the Lord just downloaded me? Is if you don't have a joy you're looking forward to in 2022, get one. Because it is what is going to keep you getting up every day and pursuing. Can I tell you my joy? Seeing these altars full of people who are getting saved. 
I've said it before and I'll say it a hundred million times. If you want to know why me and the woman sitting right there came to this community wasn't to reach the religious people, it was to see the sick healed that are outside of these doors. We, we get so caught up in all the other stuff that we forget why we're here. We're here to see people saved and discipled and healed on the inside and people get delivered from drugs and alcohol and all those kind of things. That's why we exist. So let's refocus on that, amen? But it takes a choice. If your obedience last year to the Lord, if you said, uh, if I look back over my 2021, I was probably obedient 50% of the time. Can I challenge you? And the scripture about the parable of the seed proves this out because he talks about a hundredfold. I don't even know that after 24 years of walking with the Lord, 25 in February, that I would call myself in any given year a 100-fold. Can I just tell you I'm committing myself today to be a 100-fold Christian? Because that brings a 100-fold return. 30, 60, 100-fold. I've probably been 60. I've probably been 80. I've probably been 90 at different times. But this year I want to be 100% obedient. Some of you look over the last year and you're like, ah, I've been about 50% obedient in my tithes and offerings. I've been about 50% obedient in my church attendance. I've been about 50% obedient in my dis- devotional time. This isn't a message today to make you feel bad because like I just said, all those areas of my life, I look at times and say, God, Holy Spirit, what is it that I, is it, Lord, do I just need time away to rest? How many knows that's important for a pastor? Yeah, yeah. It absolutely is. Oh, absolutely. Getting away this last uh, week and two days and just... Just recharging my battery and just spending time on a fishing boat, watching youngins jet ski or or wakeboard, whatever they're doing. It is a transition to a new stage in life, but can I tell you, most of you are miserable because you're looking back instead of looking forward. Oh, that's a word for somebody. Ooh, Lord Jesus. You're looking back, and, and when God took you out of a season and transitioned you, you felt fear. You felt anxiety. You felt worry. You, listen, you say, am I in a transition? Can I, I'll ask you a couple questions. Are you frustrated this morning? Are you, are, is there something in you that's just stirring and saying, man, I'm just frustrated. I just don't know. Can I tell you what's going on? God is transitioning you into a new season. But you have to leave behind the old to step into the new. You have to. I don't want to get stuck in old stuff. I want the new wineskin. Because when you got a new wineskin, and there's going to be some things changing this year. There's, there's things the Holy Spirit's downloading me. I want this church to be way more relational than we are. And we're almost at different times just about the size where I don't want anybody to get lost in the shuffle. I don't. So I'm, I've got some plans for that in the future. Got some plans for ministry time up around the altar. That's a place that's lacking in our church. Amen. We're going to have teams of people that will pray over you if you desire for healing and a prophetic word. I got in a long discussion with my mother-in-law the other day, and we just we were talking about the fact that the things that she and I both are praying for, we're not seeing manifested. So I'm on a journey to figure out why. God always has a, a why. He does. So if there's changes that need to be made in me and I need to refocus in some areas, God refocus me. If there's changes that need to be made in my family or your family, God refocus us. That, that's my word today is transition. That you, I can guarantee you this coming year, one thing I can promise you, I don't know if it's going to be an up or a down. Here's what I have learned, just like Paul said. This is what Paul said. He said that in all circumstances, I give thanks to the Lord. Just like the Hebrew boys. Even if he doesn't, he's still good. When you get to the place where things aren't working out like you think they should and the season that you're in you don't like, when you can still lift your hands and praise God, let me tell you something, honey, you're growing. You're going somewhere. You're getting somewhere at that point. Because I've learned. I've had, <laughs> I've, had, <laughs> I've had days where I've wrecked my truck and come in here and be blessed by this room being filled with people worshiping God. My, my seasons overlap sometimes. But it's this, it's me asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, where do you want to focus me? And I'll tell you this morning, if you focus on Jesus, you say, what do I do? 
focusing our eyes on Jesus, the altar. You focus on him, and he will direct you in every area of things to sow into and what to do. Hearing the voice of God, God speaking, you've probably heard him. If you're sitting here today and you haven't been in church in however long, you heard the Lord. Now the question is this, when we hear him, are we going to be obedient? If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Stand up with me this morning. I had so much stuff written down here in my notes that I never even... But I think the Holy Spirit has said what he wants to say. Amen? I really do. I do. I do want to finish with this. There are many things that are good. But I want to remind you today, the good is the enemy of God's best. Ask yourself this question as we pray here in a minute. Is it good or is it God? Because a lot of times we judge things based on an outward appearance. I'll tell you this, the times I've grown most from faith to faith, think about that. I was thinking about it this morning. I'm like, faith to faith and glory to glory. Faith to faith. I've grown in my faith and gone to a new faith when I face challenges. Not when the seas are all calm and it's a beautiful day and the sail, wind is filling my sail. It's when the storm is raging and there's hard times is when I've dug into my relationship with Jesus. And here's what I found every time, every time. I didn't always understand what was going on, but I found every time this, he's good. And his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Let's give God some praise in this place, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd bow your head, close your eyes for just a moment. I want to I want to extend an invitation to anybody here that you may have never had a relationship with the Lord or you've just gotten distant from that relationship to the Lord. Can I tell you what the Holy Spirit's saying to you today? His arms are wide open, and he just invites you back. And we're not a church. Here's why we're not a church that does this, because when you make a commitment to Christ, we come around you, and we walk this thing out with you. That's our desire. Follow us as we follow Christ, and we believe there's some strong Christians in here that you can emulate the things that we do that will bring blessing to your life. I want to ask this question. Do you just say today, at the very beginning of 2022, I just need to rededicate my life to the Lord. Can you raise your hand up? Anybody? Amen. 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 You know what? Me too. Me too. Let's all raise our hands and rededicate ourselves to Jesus and refocus on him. God, I feel your Holy Spirit in this place right now. I feel, I've felt your call. I've felt your pull. God, I've felt your, your speaking to my heart for this congregation that, Lord, If we are willing and obedient, we will see and eat the good fruit, God, of this coming year. If we transition from the place we are where we're going in circles to the place you have promised, God, this is going to be a fruitful year. So, Lord, we just stop right now and we take this moment to rededicating ourselves to running the race that is set out before us, God. Keeping our eyes focused and locked on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, I thank you that you are our finisher, that you are the author, that you are the beginner. You are the alpha and the omega. You are the beginning and the end. Everything is already wrapped in you. And God, for the joy set before you, God, let joy be infused into the hearts of the people even right now. Lord, I pray that we would pursue you into the secret place like never before, and there would be something birthed. God, I pray a birthing in this church, a fresh passion and fresh fire and fresh vision, God, in this 2022. God, you are already in our tomorrow, and you're in our February, and you're already in the April and the May and the June, all the months ahead. God, you are already there because, God, you dwell outside of time. You're there ready to meet us in the highs and celebrate with us and walk us in the lows with our hand in yours. So, God, today we just as a church and each individually, we dedicate ourselves to you, God. We come back to your loving arms. We come back to your voice. And, Lord, we pray against all assignments 
and all the schemes of the enemy to wear us out and to confuse and to bring division and to bring all those things, God, we bind them now in Jesus' name. And we pray for a fresh focus upon you, your word, and your kingdom, God, in 2022. God, we join together with your will that says many will be birthed into the kingdom in this coming year. Many will be discipled and many will be baptized, God, for your glory and your honor. Not just for us, but we pray this in Citrus County for every Bible-believing church in this area. God, we're praying for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit, God, in 2022. We rededicate and we refocus today, God. Get rid of all distractions and help us hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, God, for each and every person in this room, for each and every person that's still traveling back from vacations and other places. Protect and watch over them. Lord, and could you bind your heart together with me for just a moment? Carl Arkansinger had to go to the hospital this morning. So we want to just lift him up and we want to agree together that God will physically touch him right there where he is. They're checking him for pneumonia and a couple other things. So I know a healer. And I want to tell you this, if you're here in the house and you need a touch in your physical body, Jesus is a healer. So let's, let's pray healing over him and anybody else here today. Father, we agree together. Lord, we agree together that you said you sent your word and you healed. God, send your word to Carl. Send your word to Kathy. Send your word to that family. And let there be strength and let there be a breath. Breathe the breath of God over him, Lord. And everything, that the shortness of breath and the other symptoms, God, I just pray right now they would be gone in Jesus' name, that you would bring strength to his physical body, that, God, you would help him and raise him up even right now, right there where he is, Father. God, we love you today, and I bless this congregation. Father, I pray blessings upon their life, upon their families. And, Lord, we just dedicate ourselves today in 2022 that we are blessed going in and we're blessed going out, that we are blessed in the work and we're blessed in our homes. God, we pray today and I pray over this congregation that your face would turn towards us and that you would give us favor and peace and give us the good things of the kingdom, Lord God. Protect each and every person and each and every family, our young ones, and all who call this home, God, we pray your protective hedge around about them. We plead the blood of Jesus over each one from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And we will march into the new year clothed in the armor of God to see great victories for your kingdom, Father. We love you, we praise you, and we honor you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed today. I love you. If nobody's told you they love you, your pastor loves you.